This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. What's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. Welcome to another episode of the podcast, another week here on the podcast. I'm really excited to be answering your jazz and music questions five days a week here to help you have more fun than ever playing jazz, shorten the learning curve, and make this whole jazz thing feel a little less overwhelming and a lot of fun. Actually, we have some really good questions this week, so let's go ahead and kick it off with the first one from Bernard Ladstetter. Let's give it a listen. Hi, Brent. I'm Bernard from Germany, and I'd like to know how to make my solos sound more like bebop without learning all these different bebop scales. Thank you so much for letting us profit from Learn Chess Standards. It's really great. Bernard, thank you so much for the question. Love the question because bebop is obviously an important style within jazz it's sort of the you could call it the the basic dialect of the jazz language so understanding how to play bebop and do that is a really good idea a couple of weeks ago we actually talked about bebop scales and i talked about what the scales are how to use them but most importantly i talked about how bebop scales aren't really the best way how to learn bebop Ultimately, bebop scales are just a way to conceptualize the idea of chromatic passing notes, which we'll talk about in one second. So I want to give you just two ideas here for how to get your solos to sound more like bebop without really focusing on bebop scales and too much music theory. And the first one is incredibly important. I can't, I cannot overstate this. The best way to learn bebop is simply to learn bebop by ear from recordings, right? And this might be one of the, the, the less gratifying answers, right? Because it requires the most work, but ultimately it's language learning 101. How do you get better at learning a language? You mimic and copy what the great speakers are saying and doing. And so in this case, there are really two different kinds of bebop language we can be learning by ear. And number one is melodies to jazz bebop heads. Okay, when I say bebop heads, by the way, that means melodies to bebop songs. Uh, for example, this month in our Inner Circle membership, we learn one jazz standard a month, and we're learning Cheryl by Charlie Parker. Well, Cheryl is just actually a blues, is really all it is, a 12-bar blues, but there's a bebop head played over top of it. And the reason why we're learning Cheryl is A, so we can work on the blues, but B, so we can work on getting better at playing bebop. And so simply by learning the melody to Cheryl, we're going to be improving our bebop playing because essentially a bebop melody, a bebop head 
is a bebop solo. That's kind of what bebop is. It's like improvisation, but it's a little bit more refined into a melody, right? It's basically a solo that has more of a theme to it, right? An A section, a B section, an A section, so on and so forth. So simply by learning a bebop head by ear, you're learning how to play bebop solos and bebop language, and that's going to come out when you're playing over time as you internalize that stuff more. So a really great challenge and a great thing for everybody to do is to add that into your repertoire. Add learning bebop heads. Perhaps make a goal to learn five bebop heads, or if you're really ambitious, 10 bebop heads, right? Because it's not only you're learning a new melody to a song, you're also learning a solo essentially to a song. It's really a great bang for your buck as far as return on investment of your practice time and trying to get that bebop sound to come out in your solos and understanding that language. Uh, and again, that's why we make sort of these decisions in our inner circle membership about which songs are we going to learn throughout the year. I, we really think about this stuff like bebop. Do we need to learn more bebop? Do we need to learn more blues? Do we need to get more bossa novas? Having that balance and understanding of the full scope of what's required uh, of being a jazz player is really important. The second thing is, I'll guess, a little bit more obvious here, and that's learning jazz solos or parts of jazz bebop solos. So this would be going out and learning Charlie Parker solos or learning Dizzy Gillespie solos um, or jazz or bebop piano player solos, right? And listening to those things and, and learning parts of them by ear. Maybe not the whole thing, maybe just eight bars, but you're learning that bebop language. And keep in mind, so far, I'm not really asking you to analyze or understand what's actually happening. You're really just learning stuff by ear and getting it down. And you go through the trial and error process of learning by ear if you haven't done it before, right? Just you know, listen to it a lot so you can hum it or sing it first and then go into it and you know, listen back to the recording, like just loop three, you know, three bars over and over again, or one bar and you know, just keep moving the recording back and, and slowly getting each note on your instrument until you're able to eventually play it with the recording and slow it down with the slowdowner, right? Bebop heads and solos can be kind of fast and angular at times. So get a slowdowner and slow it down by 50% and work on it that way. That's going to really help you out when getting this language. The last thing I'll say about learning bebop and, you know, starting to understand how to make your solos sound like bebop is Yes, to add a little bit of theory into the mix. Um, we don't have to think about scales so much, though, when we think about this. So, for example, one basic concept just to understand is, let's just say we have a major seventh chord. Okay, and that's root, third, fifth, seventh, right? Well, sometimes it can be helpful to have some basic theoretical understanding of some isms that are happening in bebop. Well, one of those is called enclosures. So an enclosure is where you are using a target note. So let's say it's the root note. It's this, the, the root note of this major seventh chord here. And you approach that target note from steps above and below or below and above. So let's just say that's our target note. Well, I might start a half step above that target note then go a half step below that target note, and then finally land at that target note. So it sounds like this. Right? Above, half step, below half step, arriving at the target note. We could do the same thing on the third. 
We can do the same thing to the fifth. Damn targeting the fifth there with what's called enclosures. Then we can do the same thing on the seventh. Alright, so it would sound like this. And that's just a simple way to understand something that's happening in bebop, right? It's happening at a much grander level. Right? In there, in that just like little basic improvisation I just did, there were a bunch of enclosure patterns. But just understanding that basic idea might help you get the ball rolling in the right direction or might help with understanding, you know, when you learn that part of that Charlie Parker solo going like, oh, he's doing an enclosure pattern. Right? Oh, cool. I see that happening now. And sometimes just those little tiny bits of understanding about what you're actually hearing and doing that helps that light bulb moment come out and makes it so it's more easy to do it naturally when you're improvising, just because you understand it a little bit better. Does it require scales? It just requires sometimes a little bit of conceptualization of the music that you're hearing and playing. All right, so that's all for today's episode. Remember that knowledge without action is not knowledge at all. And remember that practicing a lot is far less valuable than practicing for just a little bit, but really good quality of practice. So with that in mind, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Don't want you to miss out on tomorrow's episode. It's going to be a good one. Until then, happy practicing and cheers. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.